1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The SPFL fixtures have been confirmed for next season. Celtic begin their title defence at home to Aberdeen. Rangers open their campaign away to Livingston and newly promoted Kilmarnock host Dundee United. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. Yeah, only three days since Scotland finished the season in Armenia without 4-1 win already. We're all focused on next season, the Premiership. Championship League 1 League 2 games out today Andrew everybody now knows where their teams are going the, the ones involved in the Premier Sports Cup already knew where their teams were going and whisper it for all the pundits and all the fans it's only three weeks tomorrow till the season starts I mean I think fixture day always just seems like the, the real reset doesn't it between one season and the other because that's when the full focus goes on you know exactly who you're playing on the, the first day of the season you can then mark off in your calendar that the away days the derbies that's when the excitement really starts to pick up Yeah it does it gets a bit of structure to the new season and you know it's interesting to see Derek McInnes interviewed you know Kilmarnock are back they're back in the Premier League again it'll be a, a different venue for some supporters to go to Dundee are down uh, having been relegated at the end of last season so all of the leagues get a new look and League One's even got a new team Edinburgh City 24 hours ago were Edinburgh City and now they're FC Edinburgh very continental isn't it yes it certainly is well the fixtures are out so we want to hear from you what's caught your eye what you're looking forward to what you're hoping your team does before that opening day give us a call 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB maybe it's transfer news that's on your mind Benjamin Seagrees to Celtic looks like it's getting closer Calvin Ramsey to Liverpool is the same St Mirren have made a signing some movement at Hibs as well Lee Johnson's been talking about Aidan McGeady Harry Clark's just been recalled by Arsenal as well so whatever is on your mind 0141 Nine five one one zero two five, but there is only one place to start. Roger, the fixtures out nine a.m. today. A lot of fanfare around it as well. You always look at the opening day. That's the, the first fixture that catches everyone's eye. Livingston against Rangers at twelve o'clock on the thirtieth of July. That's the first one. Then the three o'clock kickoffs: Hearts against Ross County, Kilmarnock against Dundee United, St Mirren against Motherwell, and St Johnson against Hibs. And then the next day it'll be Flag Day for Celtic, a half four kickoff on Sunday 31st of July at home to Aberdeen it's amazing how you look at things um, through our eyes as, as journalists and broadcasters Andrew when I saw those fixtures and saw the times the first thing I thought about was this is brilliant Gordon Duncan Gordon DL Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson it's a six and a quarter hour <laughs> super scoreboard on the first Saturday of the season you know Rangers kicking off at noon at Livingston they played Livy in the first day last season at Ibrox I think Yanis Hadji scored early in, in a 3 0 one first goal of the season um, and it's going to be an interesting start. it always is you know you mentioned St Mirren against Motherwell that'll probably move to the Sunday because of Motherwell's involvement in the Europa Conference League and you heard Neil Doncaster there just at the end of the news bulletin talking about Hearts and Motherwell and Dundee United all back in Europe that'll probably mean there's an awful lot of Premiership football getting played on Sundays for those first few weeks and months of the season and uniquely We've got that month-long break as well. I think the games finish something like the 12th of yeah, November. 12th and 13th for the, the Qatar final World weekend. Cup. And we're not back until Saturday, December 17th, the day before the World Cup final. 
be a few people hoping the likes of Japan and Croatia don't make it all the way to the World Cup final. Yeah, indeed. And if you're looking at the fixtures, the old firms are always the one that stand out to people yeah. as well. The first of those, the 3rd of September at Celtic Park. I think that's match day six. So six games in, you'll need to wait for your first dose of Celtic against Rangers. Then the 2nd of January at Ibrox. And then the 8th of April at Celtic Park is the 3rd. The first Edinburgh derby, you don't need to wait as long. Lee Johnson, his first Premiership game at home. They're away in the opening day. Then at home against Hearts, that's that's quite something for him, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. And, you know, coming second fiddle to Hearts last season was one of the things that really did for Sean Maloney, Lee Johnson's predecessor, losing that Scottish Cup semi-final, losing in the Andy Halliday derby, if you remember, against Hearts at Tynecastle when our dear pal from the show scored twice. That that really hurt Sean Maloney um, and was a big contributory factor to him losing his job. So Lee Johnson, a former Hearts player, will know... Those derby games, the four of them, and finishing a bit closer to Hearts, if not above Hearts, is going to be crucial to how he's accepted by the Hibernian fans. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. And there is actually a bit of breaking news as well. Celtic have just tweeted, it's not a signing, but it's an appointment. Harry Kuehl has been confirmed. And it looks as if he's coming in as a first-team coach to work alongside Ange Postacoglu. Just been tweeted 21 seconds ago, so it's hot off the press. What do you make of that, Roger? Yeah, we've seen it coming. I think it was mentioned last Friday night that Harry Kuehl was coming. Um, we spoke to one of his former Legion United teammates, Derek Lilly, who, who had seen him up in Scotland last season. If you remember, he was very close to landing the Hibernian job at one stage, I think before Sean Maloney got it. Um, he is knowledgeable about Scottish football. He's knowledgeable about football in general. He cut his managerial teeth in the sort of lower leagues down there. I think he had spells at four clubs. Was it Barnett, Crawley, Notch County and Oldham or something, Andrew, mm. I think. Known to Ange Postacoglu and known and respected as a guy who played the game at the highest level, Champions League finals, with Liverpool Champions League semi-finals with Leeds United. And it's probably a guy who is being viewed as someone who can work with Celtic's more offensive players, if you like. You know, John Kennedy's there. Um, works an you know experienced defender, defensive coach. Harry Kuehl's maybe there to work with the guys at the other end of the pitch. Um, Ange Postecoglou didn't bring anyone in last summer, if you remember. Andrew came, he embraced the backroom team that was there: John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, Stephen McManus, Stevie Woods. And you always wondered would he add someone that he knew, someone he'd worked with in the past at some stage. Taking him a year to do so, but that's Harry Kuehl in the door. We'll get a bit more on that later, but let's go to the phones. 01419511025. William is a Rangers fan up first in North Ayrshire. William, what have you got for us tonight? Hello, Andrew. Hello, Roger. Hello. Yeah, yeah, it's about the, the fixture list, right? Before the start, I'm no moaning it with the opposition, right? But you could have stuck a million quid on Rangers, right? Either been away to Aberdeen or stuck in a plastic pitch, right? That's your first one, right? And your second one is... William, I... It's interesting because Rangers have been drawn If you look at it on the surface Rangers are away to a bottom six side Roger A side that they've actually done very well against Home and away Over the last few years So uh, William is what, Why is that a big concern to you If that it's Livingston Because Rangers have a good record against them And Livingston it's not as if they were In the top six They're not playing away against You know a, a Celtic or, or someone else in the opening day well, if you listen to me, Andrew, I did state I wasn't moaning about the opposition. Okay. You can bet your bottom dollar going to stick us in a plastic pitch or send us away to Patozzi. That's the usual. But the biggest one is, right, sending Rangers and the team and their fans to Ross County on Christmas Eve. And this is supposed to be done randomly, right? You're not going to tell any Rangers fan that this is 
this is not a backhanded thing by the, the, S- the SFA or the SPFL. No, I mean, sending Rangers to Ross County on Christmas Eve. Come on. Is there a problem there, Roger, with Ross County generally? Because it's far away from everyone. So someone is going to have to go to Dingwall around the Christmas period or Ross County are going to have to go somewhere else around the Christmas period. I've seen people on Twitter saying, why don't they pair up Aberdeen and Ross County around the Christmas period? That's still a six-hour round trip for yeah. whoever has to do it. So, Sometimes we're a wee bit parochial. It must happen in England as well. You know, At some stage, Newcastle have to go to Southampton, which is probably a lot longer than you know either of the Glasgow teams or, or Kilmarnock or St Mirren or Motherwell having to go up to Dingle to take on Ross County. What, what doesn't surprise me, what does surprise me, I should say, isn't, the fact that somebody's got to go to Dingwall, it's the fact that there's actually a card like this on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, I presume this is because, you know, it's a Saturday. It doesn't often fall on a Saturday. But you would have wondered if they could maybe have had a sort of midweek card pre-Christmas and then a Boxing Day card on the Monday rather than having the games on Christmas Eve. I'm surprised the clubs went for it. I know we've had the break. We touched on that a minute or two ago. There's that five-week break to allow players to go and play in the World Cup in Qatar. It is a unique season, but really, does anyone want to go? I think, you know, Christmas Eve as well, William. I think Aberdeen are away at St Mirren yep, uh-huh. that, that day as well. I, I don't see the logic in it. William? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Roger. Roger's a clever man, right? This is the Rangers family, I'll tell you. There's no coincidences, right? We're all moaning about Cinch, right? And I'm not saying that's what it is, but they're sending Rangers on Christmas Eve to... To Ross County, right? You can't tell any Rangers fan that comes on here any different because they'll totally agree with me. <laughs> I'm not saying they're crooked, right? But it's a wee bit, it's a wee bit curious. You don't think yourselves? Um, well, I'm certainly not saying anybody's crooked either. Well, you know, <laughs> listen, I'll, we have one of these fixture stories every year when the fixtures come out, and I tend to view it that everybody's got to play everybody the same number of times. Um, they tend to flip last seasons. To this season So I think last season Livingston came to Ibrox Twice before the split This season Rangers will go to Livingston Twice before the split um, it, it, I think it's unfortunate For Rangers fans They have to go to Dingwall in, in Christmas Eve I think it's unfortunate For Aberdeen fans That they have to go All the way down to Paisley On Christmas Eve as well um, I think we've all Probably got better things We could be doing So if we're coming back On Saturday the 17th of December After the World Cup break why not have a card on the Wednesday night, something like the 21st, and allow people to have Christmas with their families and get back out of the house for the football on the Boxing Day? Hello? Do you want to come back in, William? Yeah, yeah, I, t- I, totally, I totally agree with all. Don't get me wrong, right? I'm confident, I'm confident to beat anybody in the other division. Right? I think Rangers have got a great chance of winning the league this year. KG Giovanni, a full year at it, I think we'll be fine. As well, William, when I came in tonight, Andrew McLean and Gabriel Antoniati were playing rock, paper, scissors to see who doesn't get to go to Dingwall on Christmas Eve. They're hide, nearly hiding under the desk. That's all right. I think I'll try and pull rank on that one. Well, thank you to uh, William 01419511025 if you want to get involved. And it's when you really start looking at the season as a whole because the, the dynamic's so different going into this season at the top of the table than it was last season because Celtic are now going in. As the champions, how does the mindset change for them? Giovanni Van Bronckhorst now has a full pre-season to get his squad ready the way that he wants it. You've got the likes of Hibs and Aberdeen who yeah. are now bottom six clubs that are looking to get back in there. The whole dynamic just changes for and, everyone. And, and listen, just think back to this stage 12 months ago when the fixtures were coming out. 
Rangers had just won a title by 25 points. Celtic had been in turmoil and had just appointed Ange Postecoglou. Um, big things were expected of Aberdeen and Hibs. Aberdeen had just appointed Stephen Glass and Scott Brown and Alan Russell. Big things were expected of Jack Ross's Hibs, as it was at the time. Big things were expected of Callum Davidson and St Johnson, who had just won both domestic cups for the first time in their history. Um, and yet the season just didn't pan out like that at all. You know, Hearts coming up, and this is something that will give hope to Derek McInnes and Kilmarnock, the way Hearts came up and just dealt so easily with the Premiership last season, third by a country mile, and got to the Scottish Cup final. And look at the rest of the top six. Dundee United, with that young team under Tam Courts, Motherwell, who somehow get into Europe, despite that dreadful run at the start of 2022. Ross County finished top six, so you just never know. You know, we, we, we'll hear, we'll get all the predictions before the season starts again. The truth of the matter is, you just never know how it's going to pan out, and that's what makes it so exciting. Let's go back to the phone. Scott is a Rangers fan in Johnston. Scott, what are you making of it all? Well, I'd just like to see these guys. I can't remember the exact dates, but if you think back, maybe a good few years ago, Rangers played Aberdeen away and then played Cross County away around about the Christmas period. In base times, we, we sold out our allocation. We umpteen people needing tickets. See this carry on that it's all today we send and they're trying to muck us up. Guys, see the rest of the Rangers fans out there, please stop. Just please stop because there's no conspiracy we sins. We've won, we won what we won in the court abolition or whatever it was and we were right. They're not going to start trying to do things like that just because of that. I think they would get Rangers and other ways with other things that they wanted, i.e. the fans, the way we sing, the way we do things that nobody seems to like in this country anymore. But yet Celtic fans can sing other songs along with other actors and footballers and nothing's getting said about it and they're getting a free card. Let's just be the Rangers fans that we are and just go forward and hold our head high and stop thinking that they're trying to get us because of sins because that's not happening. We've been at the up there before in the fixtures during the times and I've travelled there and I've done it. Well, that's Scott saying that no matter when the games are, fans will travel. And that's been proven season after season. We see it with, with Celtic and Rangers, no matter where they are in the country, no matter what date it is, no matter what time the game is at, fans will travel in their numbers and they'll be there. Yeah, of course. Listen, we've seen it for, for years. And Scott, as I said to you, even the first caller, all the teams have got to play all the other teams the same number of times. And, you know, William, listen, he's got something in his argument about Rangers going on Christmas Eve of all days to, to Dingwall. But if it wasn't unhappy about that, and Rangers were going to Dingwall on the first day of the season, he'd probably be unhappy at that, you know. So you're quite right. Supporters will go hail, rain, shine. I've seen Celtic at Aberdeen a couple of days before Christmas in the snow. Um, I, I used to... You know, the times when both Ross County and Inverness were in the top flight, it always seemed to be that either Celtic or Rangers were preparing for a big European tie or coming back from a big European tie and always seemed to find themselves at Dingwall or Inverness, which I found baffling as well. So you're right, there is no conspiracy. Nobody's out to get anybody else. You've all got to play the same teams the same number of times and sometimes the fixture calendar just seems a little bit unfair. You know, the, the likes of Dingwall and Christmas Eve. Scott, now that the fixtures are out, how excited are you to see what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is going to do in this transfer window and, and just for the season getting started as well? Well, that's one of the things that it kind of gets to all us Rangers fans with the, with the relationship between the press in this country that we tell them nothing anymore. It kind of makes us wait and it makes it even harder for us who's coming out of our team. I just trust the manager and I can't wait to see who he brings in and who he keeps in the team 
and Disney get Disney have to sell or they don't leave in the next year or so, get them tied down, try and get Rangers a bit of money so we can reinvest in the club. And I just can't wait if Upper starts again because it's so boring without it. <laughs> oh, listen, Rangers still speak to the press. Don't worry about that. We're in all the pre-match press conferences, the post-match press conferences as well. And, you know, this is a hard time for the press simply because there haven't been many transfers. The whole of football goes away in their holidays. Our dear pal Andy Halliday away in Mexico getting engaged yesterday. All the players are away, all the managers are away. But it'll soon kick in and you won't be bored for too much longer because already there are some signings. Calvin Ramsey down in Liverpool for a, a bumper deal to take him out of Aberdeen. Um, as you said at the top of the show, Benji Siegler looks as if he's headed for Celtic. Uh, the business Rangers have done so far has been really to to nail down the experienced players. You know, Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis, crucially Connor Goldson. Um, there's a Scotland centre-half coming in, remember, John Souter. People tend to forget that because the deal was done in a pre-contract in January. That's a big piece of business as well. Um, looks as if John McLaughlin's going to be the number one goalkeeper next season. That's a big decision by Rangers as well. And almost as crucially, so far, we are only in the middle of June, Andrew, Scott. Rangers have held on. To all the big hitters as well You know there is no departure for Bassey Or Morelos or Aribo or Kent or Kamara Or any of these guys So you know sometimes Holding on to what you have Can be as important as, as bringing new faces in Well thank you to Scott 01419511025 Give us a call now You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 if you want to get in touch Roger something I wanted to bring up you touched on it just before the break Andy Halliday he's not been doing the show over the summer he's been away on holiday obviously one of our pundits he's, he's got engaged congratulations to him but it really gave me an insight into a top level competitor Not him, I'm talking about you Because the first thing that came into your mind When you saw Andy Halliday getting engaged Was tweeting about how it will affect his Beat the Pundit performance Oh yes, he'll have too much in his mind next season The way you know, his uh, fiance Jilly She'll be getting prepped for the wedding And his, his head will be, he'll be away somewhere else So if he's, if he's coming to try And he will be minus one next season Because obviously that's only fair Andrew So it's going to be a big challenge next year for him I don't make the calls But that's why Roger is minus one Because he, th- he thinks about Beat the Pundit in his sleep <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to them Oh you're quite right Congratulations 01419511025 Let's hear from One of the managers Shall we After the fixture announcement today Derek McInnes Says they're ready to have a real go In the Premiership this season Although they've been given a tough start With Dundee United Celtic and Rangers In their opening three fixtures I will get the easy ones out of the way first. Um, you know, obviously eagerly anticipating the fixtures coming out. We knew we'd be at home having won the title. Um, we're just all excited to be back, to be honest. Um, uh, when you do have that focus on the fixtures and start to concentrate on certain dates and certain teams you're playing, then that's all part of the excitement. But, you know, it's still a long way off. We've got um, a lot of preparation ahead of us, a lot of work to do. Everybody at the club's working extremely hard to be as ready as we can be. So, um, players have been back a week now and working hard for that first game our first game proper in the League Cup obviously ahead of the Dundee United game but no, looking forward to it nonetheless you know we feel as though we can beat make a good account of ourselves in the Premier League next this season it's important that we give ourselves every chance to be ready so recruitment making sure that we're fine tuning players fitness and, and that match sharpness as we go along I think we'll have five friendlies and four League Cup ties ahead of the Dundee United game so it's no we're, we're prime focus at the minute 
the focus is getting the players fit, getting um, using each other again, getting those relationships, and also try to improve the squad. You know, we've got a lot of work ahead of us still to do. Yeah, Derek McKenna speaking to Sky Sports there. That actually amazed me that Kamarnock have been in a full week already. Seems very yeah. early, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought that myself. A few, and I noticed some championship teams, including their neighbours, Air United, back as well this week. Um, I know Patrick Thistle, some of those players were in for all their um, start of pre season checks, if you like, and just make sure that they haven't been in the pizzas and the kebabs too much since the season finished in the championship. They've been back. And well, as we said at the top of the show, you know, these League Cup games start. Three weeks tomorrow The season will be upon us Before we know what's happened Andrew. It'll be intriguing to see How Kilmarnock do With Derek McInnes at the helm Now back in the Premiership It certainly looked towards The end of last season When they were playing Sort of bigger games Against Arbroath And the likes That Kilmarnock still really Do need to strengthen Going into the top flight yeah. But Derek McInnes is, is speaking as if They want to You know Relegation and, and avoiding relegation isn't enough for him and isn't enough for Kilmarnock. They really want to step it up and see what they can do this season. Yeah, I mean, we touched upon Hearts and how well they did in their return to the Premiership a year ago, but they did tool up for it. I saw them a few times in the Championship, and they were the best team in the Championship, but their budget was probably twice of any any other team. So, you know, they, they really had to win that league. But Robbie Nielsen knew that they needed fresh players probably right the way through the team just to make them competitive in the Premiership. He got it right. I think Derek probably realises Kilmarnock need a bit more. You know, he's, he's convinced Kyle Lafferty to stay, which is an important thing. He brought Alan Power back to the club, um, who had a very successful time in his first spell there. But there's a lot more work to do. I think he needs a goalkeeper. He will probably need more creative players. You know, the likes of Chris Burke has gone. So I think you want more creative players to provide the ammunition for Lafferty next season and the first three games will be a real test of their credentials because it's three of the, the top four from last season Dundee United Celtic and, and Rangers so Stenet McKenna said well, I think he said that you know get the easy ones out of the way he was yeah, joking but, but uh, yeah it's a, a real test for them you know if you're a Kilmarnock fan or a Kilmarnock player what, what do you want at the start of the season do you want Dundee United Celtic and Rangers or do you want Arbroath, Hamilton and Morton which is what they had last season of course they want back in and it will give them you know, a wee gauge as to where they are. Um, you would expect them to lose to Celtic and Rangers. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if they can give a good account of themselves and they can even get a point against a, a good Dundee United side who finished fourth last season and are heading for Europe, it'll give them a gauge of where they are so that once those games are out the way, they can then know what they can do against the rest of the teams. And one of those teams that are coming up against Dundee United looks as if Jack Ross will be their next manager. Of course, there's been a, a lot of turnover of Dundee United managers in the last few years. They really need some stability, don't they? Despite the fact that you know they've, they've been in the Premiership, they did well last season, but can you sustain effectively having a new manager every year for the last seven years it's been? Yeah, they were one of the real success stories last season. And I think the surprise factor... Was really prevalent there You know Tam Coates Was a bit of a gamble And then When you saw The way he went About his work You know Promoting all of these Young guys The, the Kieran Freeman And Ross Graham And Archie Mikison And you know I remember the game At Ibrox When they were hit with COVID I think Craig Moore At 16 mm -hmm. Came in the team Late in the season Rory McLeod At 16 Came into the team as well And yet They all seemed to settle So well It didn't seem to affect United negatively at all they finished fourth. They finished with a wee bit of a flourish, actually, to get back into Europe. And everything went, you know, really well for them. And you expected them to kick on, but suddenly they've lost the manager. He's away to Honved Budapest. And yes, there looks to be a bit of stability in the squad because not many of their key players, if any, are out of contract. Mark McNulty, I think, is yet to be 
tied down after being freed by Reading and Segrist is gone but they've already got a new goalkeeper in there um, to, you know, to replace him so whoever gets it and you would think Jack Ross is favourite whoever gets it there's you know, a squad there to work with well, let's hear from you, 0141 Let's take a closer look at a transfer that is imminent. Jim Goodwin talking today about Calvin Ramsey. He says his uh, well, imminent move to Liverpool is a really exciting opportunity for him. He also says Aberdeen deserve big credit for his development. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the two clubs have um, agreed a fee and then there's all the, the other little things that need to go on behind the scenes. Obviously, Calvin needs to pass a medical and agree personal terms. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's a very exciting opportunity for Calvin and his family, no doubt. I think the academy here at Aberdeen, uh, the staff deserve a huge amount of credit for um, for developing Calvin and giving him the opportunity in the first team. You know, he's not one that I can take a huge amount of credit for, to be honest. He was in the team prior to me coming in. But, um, you know, Liverpool are very lucky if that deal does go through because they're getting a, a very exciting young talent who won the Young Player of the Year award here in Scotland last year. So... We certainly had high hopes for for uh, for Calvin, and, and no doubt he'll go from strength to strength at a at a very good team in Liverpool. Don't get me wrong; he's not the finished article as you would expect. At 18 years old, he's still got huge room for improvement and lots of development still to do. But he's a good character. He's a very good kid, and if the deal does eventually get done, then he'll leave here with the best wishes of everybody. Yeah, Jim Goodwin speaking to Sky Sports. There looks as if it's a good fee as well that Aberdeen are getting, which will be encouraging for the whole of Scottish football. Yeah, of course it will, and you can see parallels in this transfer to Nathan Patterson leaving Rangers to, to go across to the, you know the other Merseyside team Everton in the January window for for a fee of I think twelve million pounds. Um, Nathan and he's been injured, but he's only played forty five minutes in an FA Cup tie against Borum Wood. I think it was Andrew. Um, don't expect Kelvin Ramsey. To be charging around beside Mo Salah and Jordan Henderson next season, um, he too will have to get into the Liverpool system, um, work out the way they play, um, probably get himself a bit fitter, probably get himself a bit heavier, a bit stronger, um, because it's a different league down there, different demands put upon you. If you remember when Andy Robertson went to the club, they played eight million pounds as well from Hull City. Alberto Moreno was there. It took Andy Robertson a good while to convince Jurgen Klopp that he was ready. To go into that first team And over the years Liverpool have done a lot of that I'm old enough to remember Steve Nicol Going from United To Liverpool 1981 I think Steve Nicol Had to wait Something like a year And a week To make his first team debut Even back then Because They signed them They get them into the, you know, the, the Liverpool way But they'll only put them In the first team When the manager Believes them to be ready And you know When you think The guy ahead of you Is Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, there's a still a bit of a gap and there's no disrespect to Calvin he'll understand what I'm saying a wee bit of a gap from where he is just now to where he needs to be it's that classic dilemma because every young player would love to to stay and get game time but when an offer like that comes along not only the money but going to Liverpool where the facilities are so much better you're you, around at just a much yeah. higher standard of player that can do so much for your development yeah you, some some of these moves you just can't turn down some of the opportunities you can't turn down um, remember Billy Gilmer leaving Rangers as a 16 year old to go to Chelsea um, four or five years on he's got a Champions League medal there um, he's just got a new contract at Chelsea and even he isn't yet cemented in Thomas Tuchel's plans there. You know, it'll be fascinating to see whether he gets a bit more action there this season or whether there's another loan spell out somewhere for Billy. So it does take you a bit of time. You know, you're going really to elite world level. You look at you know Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, probably three of the best half dozen teams 
in the world And you know These boys are now Vying to get into those teams 01419511025 On the phones Andy is next Next up in Finiston Andy what have you got For us tonight Hi, how you doing, guys? I, I've just uh, listened earlier on the this VR system. Uh, do you know? But are they going to have this? Because you know what happened in Scotland game, right? There's no goal line technology, right? So I know that goal wouldn't accounted for because it was going in four, but that could have been the only goal in the game. So why, why are they not having the goal line technology and the VR together? Surely the two of them should go hand in hand. Does a lot of this come down to cost, Roger? Because there was a lot of Talk bringing in VAR What clubs could afford I think there's only three Grounds in Scotland That are actually Ready And To go for goal line technology Hamden Celtic Park Ibrox There's then So many costs Over and above that To get every single Scottish Premiership ground Ready for goal line technology Maybe bringing in Goal line technology And VAR at the same time It's just Too costly It's all to do with money you know, f- football is a business. It's all to do with money. Um, that was one of the things that nicely delayed the introduction of VAR. The fact that the clubs were trying to find a system that they believed w- was worthy, you know, technologically and was going to do the job properly, and also wouldn't cost them the earth. I think now clubs are paying something like in the region of about one hundred eighteen thousand pounds each to get VAR brought in. Coming in after the World Cup, I'm assuming. That date we spoke about earlier on, Andrew, December 17, mm-hmm. will be the start of VAR in Scotland. Um, won't solve all the problems, because eh, down south and around the world, it hasn't solved all the problems. But I've always said, anything that helps get decisions right should be embraced. And Andy's quite right. I would like to have seen goal line technology as well. I think that's been you know a real plus when you look at it in the English Premier League and international football it does get decisions right. It's not about opinion, it's a matter of fact. So it gets decisions right, but it's all down to the money. Andy, VAR certainly splits opinion. We've we've heard a lot of that on the phones over the past couple of years anyway. What side of the debate do you lie on? Well, it's get. I mean, it's getting better. I mean, it's still got its flaws, obviously, you know what I mean? I don't, it's definitely got its flaws, but I just think uh, it's, it's getting better, you know, the longer, you know, the more the day they light these lines through it. But as I said, that. If they're getting you know, a player a centimetre offside, so, and that could have been a goal. So I, I just think they've got to get the two of them. I know what, uh, Roger was saying about money, but uh, it can't cost that much of a couple of wee cameras in the goal line. Can. <laughs> I mean, I think it is slightly more than just a couple of cameras on the goal line. There's a, a lot more to it, Roger. But another debate around VAR is the fact it's coming in halfway through the season in Scotland. I saw Neil Doncaster defending that today. He was saying in an interview that you know plenty of countries have done it. He doesn't think there's been many issues. In an ideal world, it would be a case of everyone just accepting that it comes in halfway through the season. What happened in the first half of the season, we don't have it. So there's no point in complaining about it. What happens in the second half of the season, we do have it. But no doubt in the second half of the season, people will be turning around and saying, well, if, the, if we had VAR then... Then we would have been four points clear, or we would have been we would have won this game. Well, you, you know, Gordon Duncan has browbeaten me on this topic through the course of last season. I'm not a fan of anything that's introduced halfway through the season. I think if you kick off a season, you have to um, get through the full season with those rules and regulations, and and not change things halfway through. We saw the fixtures today: an old firm game, sixth game into the season, as you say, at Celtic Park. There could be a contentious decision there. And there's no VAR You then get to the 2nd of January at Ibrox An equally contentious decision Very similar decision 
But there is VAR. But then if it's, introduced at the, if it's introduced at the start of the season, though, would people not just say that about last season? Whenever it's introduced, no, people would no, still no, have the listen, same there argument. Are, there are rule changes every summer. The SFL is AGM any day now, and there are rule changes every single summer. The clubs are informed of them, and you kick off knowing what the rules are. Um, I'm not in favour of this, but the clubs have approved it. Neil Doncaster wants to do it this way. Um, it's going to happen. So when the arguments start, sometime after December 17, we can sit here and say, well, listen, don't shout at us. Shout at Neil Doncaster. Well, thank you to Andy. I'm sure that's not the last we'll hear of VAR this no. season. But give us a call now, 0141 951 1025. 0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141 951 1025. If you've got anything you want to get off your chest, a story that stuck out to me today, Roger. One of our referees, Bobby Madden, yeah. has decided to, to step away from the SFA. He's, he's relocating down south. Yeah, it's very unusual, isn't it? You know, we think nothing of players going down south or making the you know English players coming up here. That happens very, very seldom with officials. But I think um, the age of forty three, he's refereed for twenty years. He's done European Championship final, Champions League, Europa League games, Scottish Cup finals, League Cup finals, old firm games. I think he maybe just wants a change. I think he's come off the FIFA list now. Um, he won't be doing the big European games, and he's had a taste of football outside of Scotland. He did some. Big high profile games in Greece last season, I think the year before as well. And this is going to be a change of scene. Don't expect him to rock up to do Liverpool v Man City anytime soon. I think the, the PGMOL, who run the referees down south, I think they have a lot of young, up and coming referees who are trying to fast track into the English Premier League. Guys in their 20s, Andrew, um, going to do that. So I think initially they've said today that Bobby will take League One and League Two games. Next season, potential maybe to get the odd game in the English Championship, but I think it's just a different chapter in his career. I wasn't even sure that referees could just switch countries like yeah. that, but then I've remembered that is it Jared Gillett is a, a top flight referee down in England now. He was highly rated in Australia and yeah. made the move over there, so maybe it's becoming slightly more common. Yeah, and I think I think some English referees have moved over to the continent as well to to you know do different stuff and even further afield at times. So there's nothing to preclude them from doing it. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on down there Good luck to him um, But at a time when I think we're all agreed You listen to the boys in the show every Saturday afternoon We're all agreed There might not be many elite referees In the Scottish Premiership um, Losing one with the experience of Bobby Madden Might not be great for the game yeah, I see he's been getting many uh, well wishes on Twitter as well, as you'd expect. 01419511025. If you've got anything you want to chat about tonight, let's take a look at Hibs, shall we? Because Lee Johnson, the manager, has been speaking today. They've been link- linked with a move for former Celtic winger Aidan McGeady. Lee Johnson was asked about him today. He said, whoever gets him, they will be getting an exceptional player. Listen, I've got a strong relationship with Aidan McGeady. Like, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, unbelievable feat. You know, he, he gets to the corner of the box in this type of situation. Uh, often there's a, an assist or a shot or a goal. So he's 36 years old. Um, so whether it's us or anywhere else, uh, he's got nothing to prove, but a lot to prove as well. And uh, he's a maverick, you know, he's a challenging but inspiring character, I think, to have, have in any squad. And whoever gets Ada McGeady uh, moving forward, 
certainly for a year or two, you'll have a, an exceptional player and person. You don't see many wingers still kicking about at the age of 36, do you? No, Chris Burke, he was the, the, the sort of exception that proved your rule, actually. You know, the, the way he did so well for Kilmarnock, latterly Ross County before that. But you're quite right. Um, Aidan at 36, he's been away from Scotland for so long. Um, you actually forget what an influential player he was in his heyday at Celtic to win that £12 million plus move to Spartak Moscow. Um, he'd been around the scene in England a long time. Everton, Preston, Sunderland. Um, so... He knows the game, an awful lot of caps for Ireland as well. And at 36, you tend to find players at that age, it's not so much what the body can do, it's what they want to do. You know, whether they've still got the appetite to get up and go to training, you know, a way out at, you know, and the Hibs training ground is not the handiest place in the world, Andrew. Mm-hmm. You'll have been there yourself. <laughs> whether they've still got the energy, the desire, the commitment to do it. Fair play to David Marshall, he's come back up the road. He's got the commitment to go and do it and become the Hibernian number one um, next season. And you know, maybe having a pal there, someone that you know, is that might be enough to convince Aidan. Certainly, in his day, he was a, a crowd pleaser. He was a showstopper. He was a terrific player for Celtic. And even if you get 50, 60, 70% of that, I would say that would be more valuable to Hibs than a few of the players we saw in the team at the tail end of last season. Yeah, and I suppose if anyone knows about his commitment, it will be Lee Johnson because he's managed him yeah. before and he'll be able to make a decision based off that, whether he thinks he's still capable of doing a job at the age he is. Absolutely, yeah. And there's been some interesting business at, at, at Hibs in the summer. I think David Marshall will be a good signing. Um, they've dealt in Paul McGinn and Rocky Bashiri again. Those deals were triggered, you know, with the number of games they played last season. They've got another right back who's come in, I think, from MacArthur FC in Australia. Is it Lewis Miller? Yep. The lad. They've got this lad, Ger Tavares, who has come over from Benfica. Uh, interesting quotes from Ian Gordon, the head of the group, and saying, We can't tell you what the deal is, but it was a really good deal for Hibs. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does next season. Um, they're not starting from a position of strength, they were poor. In the second half of last season under Sean Maloney We mentioned at the top of the show They lost the big games They lost the cup semi-final They lost the derby at Tynecastle um, And it wasn't a great finale to the season For Hibs Even after the split When they were in the bottom six They didn't do particularly well um, Lee Johnson's got a big job ahead of him And it'll be fascinating to see how they do next season Yeah, Harry Clark has been recalled by Arsenal as well It looks as if he's on a a permanent move to Stoke But that'll be a big loss to Hibs Because he showed his quality in the first half of the season When he was at Ross County He then sort of changed his loan move halfway through Went to Hibs, picked up an injury So didn't play as much football as Hibs would have wanted him to But towards the end of the season He was maybe only one of the very few shining lights in that Hibs team Yeah, big, strong, athletic And he's got a bit of football about him as well Andrew, very versatile player I think if Michael O'Neill gets him at Stoke He'll do well in that English Championship Yeah you can see exactly why Stoke are after him There was another story I noticed just before We came on air, Callum Hendry There was talk about Scottish Premiership clubs Potentially going for him after he left St Johnson He's away to Salford City He's signed for them so he won't be back in Scottish football next season Yeah Burton Albion were quoted as interested in him in League 1 He's ended up going to Salford in League 2 They've got a new manager, Neil Wood Who was manager of the Manchester United Under 23 side last season He's taken over from Gary Boyer Who's now up with us as as manager of Dundee? So uh, Callum Hendry knows that neck of the woods, not a million miles from where he grew up when his dad was playing for Blackburn Rovers, if you remember. Um, and it's he, he, strange, you know. I, I I wasn't convinced about him for a long time. Not convinced. Tommy Wright was convinced about him for a long time. If you remember, St. Johnson let him out a couple of times to Aberdeen to Kilmarnock loan spells. 
But he was pivotal In the second half of last season When he came back from Kilmarnock The goals he scored um, The games that he helped decide for St Johnson He played as big a role as anyone In keeping that team in the Premiership Yeah, we've, I mean, we've been going through most of the teams Just because the fixtures have come out today Callum Davidson is a man who has a big job on his hands in recruiting players I think so far they've brought in Andy Considine they've brought in Dre Wright but you think they'll need quite a few more players added to that St Johnson yeah, team Yeah and, and I think you know Andy Considine will probably be a like for like replacement for Jamie McCart who I think is heading out they'll need a goalkeeper it looks as if Alexander Clark's going elsewhere I'm not sure whether that means up here or down south the real thing will be they need goal scorers the problem for St Johnson last season was didn't score anything nearly enough goals. I know they get four in that last game against Inverness, Cali Thistle, but the lack of goals in the 38 league games was desperate. They need strikers and they need to find a folk hero because Sean Rooney's gone too. Yeah, we've seen it over the last few days since the international football has finished. That seems to be the transfer news just ramping up a notch, doesn't yeah. it? And you'd expect that over the weekend there's going to be even more. Then into next week, you think that'll be it and it will just fly from there. Yeah, and listen, there will need to be transfer news because a lot of the teams in the Premiership have lost a lot of players. You forget how many players are at these clubs on loan. They would all head back to their parent clubs at the end of the season. It creates uh, gaps in the squads and, and they all need to bring new players in. Um, quite often, you find the, the Motherwells, the Comarnacks and St Mirrens, the Livies, the St Johnsons, they're all fighting for the same players trying to get this, you know, from, from the same little pool of available players that they can afford. And sometimes the ones that nip in early and get them are the ones that are successful. Yeah, well, the teams are back in pre-season training. A few have been back already for a week or so. There's transfers on the go. There's changes in coaching staff as well. We've seen Harry Kuehl, who's joined Celtic's backroom staff as the first team coach. Uh, today as well so plenty of news happening as I say that transfer news will just continue to build and build until we get to the, the Premier Sports Cup group stage until we get to those first league fixtures of the season with Livingston hosting Rangers in that 12 o'clock kick off the first game of the season then Hearts Ross County Kilmarnock Dundee United St Mirren Motherwell St Johnson Hibs and then Celtic on flag day Sunday 31st of July taking on Aberdeen at half past four I can't wait for it I'm sure Roger can't wait for it as well but that's all we've got time for tonight thank you for listening in thank you for all your calls and tweets I'll be back on Monday night with Hugh Keevans and what a way to kick off your weekend up next it's the GBX